Hello, I'm Hugh Langley, U.S. Editor of Wearable. And I am Hussein Sumra, U.S. Reporter at Wearable. And we're back. It's been a while. I thought we retired. I thought so too, but they pulled us back in for one last job. What have you been up to? I have been up to uh, escaping from New York. Yeah, That's you're wearing the. Uh, you're actually wearing the Escape from New York smartwatch right now. I am. It's massive. How is it? it is it actually? It, it itches. It itches a lot, and it it cuts into your skin a little bit, mm-hmm. and it has a giant twenty four hour timer that makes it feel like there's a bomb on my arm. But other than that, it's great. Good, good. So just to explain, this is a replica they've made of the iconic if i want to use that word maybe not here but the watch <laughs> quote from, unquote iconic the, the watch from escape from new york uh and they're selling it now uh i believe so they're selling it now and it also uh shoots movie uh quotes at you every hour that sounds interesting anyway we are here to talk wearable 50 of course or the, the big uh, w50 the big w50 big the big december event as i think the uh the mainstream press will be calling it. Uh, so we I wanted to kick off, obviously we're just going to talk about a few of the different topics that we've included in our list, but I think one that I really want to talk about is hearables, because hearables last year was our number one, and, you know, I think it's fair to say we were right, hearables have been quite a big deal yeah. in 2017, and I think for next year it's going to be a, a big deal as well, but what's interesting is how that's transitioning a little and one of the things that's come up twice on our list for this year is smart glasses. And this isn't smart glasses in the way of Google Glass smart glasses, but this is smart glasses using smart assistants. So in a way, they are the hearables. Yeah, it feels like there's a lot of ex- also experimentation in hearables because you have a lot of smart glasses with bone conduction technology mm. uh, beaming audio and assistance right into your skull in your mm. uh, ear canal versus bones and you've got things like um, like Am- you've got Amazon potentially entering the hearable market mm. with their rumored smart glasses which will have built-in Alexa yeah so this is the this is the rumor and this is where our predictions have come from uh, partly because of Amazon which is rumored to have built its own pair of smart glasses which would have Alexa using bone conduction technology they wouldn't actually be anything visual it would it would essentially just be a hearable whether that actually appears or not, I don't know. It was meant to appear at the end of this year and hasn't. But you know, it would it would mark Amazon's first wearable, yeah. which would be interesting. Still uh, raises the question of whether people who don't wear glasses would wear them, because Alexa is fine but not all that useful. But on the other hand, we've also got View, which has got a product already, and that's gearing up to launch. And that's the same thing. It doesn't use Alexa. It uses Google Assistant and Siri. Uh, and has some very small activity tracking elements to it. But again, it's a pair of very stylish looking glasses that just have a, a smart assistant in them and, and use bone conduction technology. I think that's really interesting. And I'm fascinated to see in 2018 if this becomes a trend, if this becomes a deal. And if we've kind of cracked smart glasses, but not in the way that we expected to with augmented reality. Yeah. Uh, the other thing is we have companies trying new weird things like Sony with their Xperia Ear Open, which is like any other hearable almost. But instead of covering up your ear canal, it's just a tiny little ring and uses bone conduction technology. So you can hear everything while also hearing your mu- your music. Yeah, I think that's that's one that they've shown off a few times. We've tried iteration. it a couple times and it's worked. It's been getting yeah. better every time we've tried it. 
And we still have, you know, more, I want to say, traditional by our, you know, metrics. Hearable companies like New Hera, we're expecting more things from them. Sadly, Doppler, RIP, which were on the list from last year, uh, obviously not now that they're gone. But, you know, this year's also seen other players. We've had more mainstream companies come into the hearable space. Google has been a big talking point recently with the Pixel Buds, adding translation elements, among other things. And even though they weren't amazing, you know, it was good. It was interesting to see a big company come in like that. And obviously, another thing we've got on our list is Apple AirPods. We're expecting potentially a bigger um, overhaul of the AirPods next year. We actually thought that we might see it this year. All we got instead was a slight tweak to the case. But yeah. it feels like next year could be the time for Apple to roll out something that's a bit smarter. I love the AirPods. I do. I think they're incredibly easy to use. They just don't do much for me beyond listening to music right now. Yeah, and Apple has a ton of patents for biometric sensors in hearable technology that they could use to, mm -hmm. if it's ready. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I think it'll be, I, I, I predict that we'll see um, Apple roll something out, whether it's fitness tracking, uh, swim tracking, waterproofing, uh, maybe just better Siri integration. I think we'll see something more radical in 2018's AirPods refresh, which we pr probably assume is going to happen. So that's sort of hearables. Another area, of course, virtual reality, you can't not talk about it. I think for next year, a big one I'm really excited about is Oculus, what Oculus are doing, because this to me, and as we've, we've included as an entry on the list, is we call it Oculus Phase 2, because it really feels like next year, at the moment, Oculus is really gearing up to do some really exciting things in 2018, which we know about because it's announced them. So Oculus Go will be its first standalone headset that it's made on its own. Obviously, the Gear VR was... Uh, in a partnership with Samsung uh, and it's going to be a complete headset as well so you won't have to slot in a smartphone that'll be coming in t early 2018 that's confirmed we also have Santa Cruz which is the more high-end all-in-one experience headset that will be rolling out to developers next year but we don't know if it will actually be in consumers hands next year but either way people will be playing it as well as that it's going to be rolling out the uh, final version of its overhauled software Rift Core 2.0 and that's really cool as well because that totally overhauls the interface. Uh, you can now sort of customize your Oculus home area uh, and it also makes it easier to integrate uh, desktop apps within Oculus' uh, interface so you don't have to keep you know, taking the headset off, which is something that Windows Mixed Reality's platform is doing as well. But anyway, I think generally uh, Oculus is really gearing up for a big 2018. We also have Hugo Barra. Uh, leading the way and I'm interested to see Hugo, what Hugo Barra does in 2018 we've included him on the list because it feels like he needs to be the new face of VR but he's not at the moment and I'm interested to see in 2018 if that happens you know we had obviously Palmer Lucky was very much the poster child of virtual reality yeah. and it feels like at the moment we don't have since Lucky left obviously we don't have there's just Mark Zuckerberg kind of yeah and to me you know Mark Zuckerberg doesn't scream virtual reality. I don't know. I, I feel like we need someone, and I feel like Hugo Barra is that someone. So the Hugo Barra is one I nominated because I really feel like um, 2018 will we'll hopefully see him come to the fore a little bit more as the face uh, of, of Oculus, and I'm excited for that. So I really feel like Oculus has got a big year ahead, which raises the question of what happens to HTC and the Vive. You know, will we see the Vive 2? Yeah. We've included the Vive 2 on the list. I would be surprised if they just rolled out Vive 2, but I think when we included Vive 2 on the list, really, as we explained, it's more about other stuff they're doing, you know, around it. But HEC is doing some very interesting stuff with their Vive X um, accelerator. Yeah. You've seen some of that stuff. There's some pretty cool stuff in there, right? That yeah. That could be coming to the headset. It, it, it 
every year it feels like Oculus, I mean, not Oculus, but HTC Vive is making giant steps by finding smaller companies that are doing interesting things and going that route rather than what Facebook seems to be doing, which is more of a traditional, like, uh, rolling out product one to the other. And Oculus also goes for exclusives where HTC does not, at Mm. least yet. But we have the standalone Vive headset, which will no longer be running on Daydream. It's There's a version for China, but we're yet to see if they do something here. But I do feel like we'll still we'll still see them doing things. I'm just not sure we're going to get the Vive 2. But then again, I don't think we're going to get the Oculus Rift 2 either. We're going to get Santa Cruz at best, and we're at least going to have Oculus Go. We also included Location VR. This, uh, this is one you're, you're quite passionate this, about. Talk this about is it. very exciting to me because it feels like the difference between watching a movie on your tablet and watching a movie in like an IMAX Dolby theater. Uh, just because the, in location VR, the company is behind it. Uh, specifically, it's there's Nomadic, there's The Void, and now there's a new company called Dreamscape. And all three of them can create like bespoke experiences and they can... It's basically 4D where they can... They give you props so it feels like you're in the experience. They can alter the environment to make it hot or cold or push you if they need to. And they're playing with interesting things to make virtual reality as immersive as you you dream that it could be in your home. Except it's not because there are techno- technological limitations in your home that don't exist in outside locations where they control the environment. Mm-hmm. And it's just and especially now they're all getting big IPs that can help create experiences people want to go through. Star Wars is the is the big one with the void, but there's also uh, smaller ones with Nomadic and Nickelodeon has uh, has signed with Dreamscape, which gives them stuff like SpongeBob and, and kids like stuff that they can get into. So explain why we've put that onto our list for 2018. What are we expecting? So all of them are either launching or about to launch in 2018. The Void will be out in both Disneyland and Disney World on both coasts uh, by the beginning of 2018. Nomadic is slowly going to start rolling out their product all over shopping malls and movie theaters across the country in spring 2018. And uh, Dreamscape, the third one, will also be rolling out uh, near AMC theaters, I believe, in uh, mid-2018. So it's definitely going to be a big one for that. Yeah, I'm excited for that. I think it's a great way of getting more people into VR, but also, like you said, doing things that you can't do in the home. Yeah. Okay, so moving on, we've got Jackard. Now, we actually had Jackard on last year's list, but what we've put on this year is kind of the next phase of Jackard. This year, we did see... Google and Levi's uh, released their uh, smart jacket, the commuter trucker jacket, which uh, we reviewed. I, I tried it out. And, you know, it's it's a cool showcase of technology, but it's very much a stage one. But what Google says, you know, it has plans to go beyond this to other clothing makers and do other types of smart clothes. And that's what we're expecting to see in 2018. And that's why it's on the list. I really hope that happens. I hope this isn't another Google project where maybe, I mean, I don't know how many Jacquard jackets they've sold so far, but I hope it's not a case of, oh, we didn't sell that many. Let's pack it in and try something else because, yeah. you know, Google has a bit of a habit of doing that. So I really hope this is something that it follows through on because I think while the the Levi's jacket is it's very limited in application, I still think it, uh, you know, it does have some cool ideas in there and I'm really interested to see where Google can go I really like to become a, a platform, not just like a one-off thing. It really feels like they could partner up with Adidas or Under Armour or even Nike 
yeah. and to do something interesting with fitness clothing. Absolutely, and I'm sure that's what they're looking at. I feel like smart clothing at the moment is in a very awkward and kind of disappointing place. We hyped it up for a while, and there was a, you know, we are still seeing things coming through, but it's just not. It's taking a while, and obviously there are you know huge technological limits yeah. to this. Um, making clothes smart is not an easy thing. It's not like you know, even building a smartwatch or something. So you know it's a slow process. But I, I'm excited to see Google do more and 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 go beyond the Jacquard jacket. Which brings us to number three on our list of the wearable 50 2018 Apple Watch Series Four. Small company in Cupertino made that one. Some startup not many people have heard of. But yeah, we, we included Apple Watch on last year's as well. I was somewhere around the middle, I think. And we were, you know, speculating on the next Apple Watch. I think why we, well, the reason we put it as number three this year, and you know, one of one of the big ones is because we're expecting Series 4 to be a bit more of a radical shake-up. Yeah. Series 3 was like, you know, the addition of LTE was cool, but it didn't feel like a massive change. It that, wasn't a step up in the way like Series, series 0 or... Series zero, yeah. I guess we're technically calling it to series two. It was, was one of three big changes: that the the barometric altimeter and the red dot. Mm. There's a tiny, yeah, pretty much the only changes. Yeah, so I mean, obviously the LTE was the big sell point, but I think there were there's been rumors of a new form factor in the works, and I wouldn't be surprised if next year is when we see it. Yeah, they they by now they it feels like they fit in all the sensors they need. And they can miniaturize and hopefully change the form factor, at least make it thinner, because mm. thus far the Apple Watch has been the same size. Mm. Uh, maybe yeah, like a small, tiny sliver bigger or smaller, but it's basically the same thing we've had for three, four years now. Yeah, I think you're right. I think we'll, I'm expecting a change in in design. I actually would not be surprised if they did the round one. I feel like it's maybe time. Another thing I expect to see as well is more of these deeper health metrics deeply integrated into the watch. So Apple's just rolled out its study for uh, atrial fibrillation, which it's going, which runs on an app, and uh, the, you know the, we're expecting more to come in that that regard. And I think I wouldn't be surprised if next year's Apple Watch was a bit more of a step up in the deeper health metrics. Yeah. Maybe integrating some of these things into it and and pitching it a little harder as more of a serious health slash slightly medical device than they have before which has been more about the sports fitness angle yeah and you, we could also maybe see apple uh come out with a, a specific watch band that is just a medical device that works by itself that you slot into the watch we've seen that uh, a little bit so far but we saw that very recently with the cardia band which is the first uh, uh accessory to get fda clearance and that's tracking atrial fibrillation as well and there's, it's clear that Apple's been interested in the smart band area from patents we've seen. And yeah, absolutely. I wouldn't be surprised if Apple starts rolling out some of its own next year. Finally, the one we're talking about today is Ava. Now, Ava has a fertility tracker, which we've uh, covered for quite a while now. It's essentially just worn on the wrist and tracks fertility cycles to help you increase your chance of getting pregnant. Really interesting company. Um, I actually went to a lunch with them. Uh, just a couple of weeks ago to learn a bit more about what they're doing. Very interesting lunch, very surreal. Pretty much had a semi-sex education presentation in the middle of it. Always good to have. Good to have a refresher. Also, someone from The Bachelorette was there who actually used Ava and got pregnant, Jade Tolbert. Ringing any bells? Nope, not at all. Yeah, I don't... I My mum watches The Bachelorette. She probably knows. I have no idea. But she was <laughs> nice, you know. I had fun hanging out. 
But anyway, what Ava's doing at the moment is doing a lot of research uh, and looking at how it can go beyond just fertility tracking to potentially tell women when they're pregnant, which would be really cool. And even down the line, they were saying, you know, there's the potential to maybe one day even use it as sort of a semi-like contraceptive device. And there's a lot of potential here and it's a really fascinating area. So I think, you know, we've included them because I think in 2018, we're going to see some very interesting announcement and new applications for that device in women's health. So yeah, big one to watch. So that's a wrap up from us. You can read the Wearable 50 right now. It's live on the site. You can also read plenty more about all the things we've been talking about. And don't forget to like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram and on Twitter. And remember, keep wearing it well. Oh yeah.